Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey there, this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. I am your host, Nina Perez, and we are here to discuss life topics to challenge and transform your thinking. Let's do this. Today, I have someone here who is Teresa Quinlan, and she's a coach, a leadership specialist, a master facilitator, an author, a speaker who builds emotionally intelligent individuals, teams, and organizations. She is the founder of her personal brand and the formula IQ plus EQ equals TQ. We're going to get into that because I want to know more about that. And so Teresa says that it is only when we are human focused that we can tap into the excellence that exists within each of us. And I I love that statement. So Teresa, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. And I know that I was already on your website reading a couple of your things. So I know this is going to impact my audience. So I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me. Like, it's such an honor. Your Thank energy you. is off the charts. I've listened <laughs> to like your intro of your own podcast to wrap my head around, like, what are you all about and how are mm-hmm. you trying to impact the world? And then I got sucked into the <laughs> Nina Vortex and listen to episode after episode after episode after episode. And so I'm I'm all on board to be able to oh, contribute to your audience, the world, this conversation. I know I'm going to walk away energized and ready for the weekend for sure. Me too. That's why I was so excited. I was like, I can't wait to get home. I was like, I work today. I'm like, I can't wait to get home. I got to talk to Teresa today. <laughs> So I'm really glad you're here. And if you just could start us off really quick, um, I know I gave a little synopsis, but just let us know a little bit more about you. 
So I, my entire life has really been leadership focused from a really young age. I was the person to put their hand up first, like volunteer for X, Y, it didn't matter what it was. I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then in my late twenties, I took the strength finder assessment and in that labeled it as I'm a maximizer, which means Mm. anything that is an opportunity I will give it my best ass shot to be as good at it as possible. So if there's an opportunity, I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to go at it like with everything that I have. And the outside world called that competitive, Mm -hmm. which always felt like the wrong sweater. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, but I'm not competing with you. Right. So why is it a problem? Right. (laughs) I'm aiming for the maximum that I can do. And it was problematic because well, I was always aiming for the maximum I could do so I wouldn't settle. So if you were first, I was aiming to be better than I could be because I was second. And it didn't mean I was second to you. It meant that I still had room to grow. So I discovered along the way that I have like a badass growth mindset which means if I can try and work hard enough, then I can really achieve anything it is that I want to achieve. Not on my own. I got to ask for help sometimes because I don't know how to Mm -hmm. do certain things. So other people are going to have to show me not in all things because some things I'm just not interested in. (laughs) And I followed that path over and over and over again in different kinds of jobs that I wanted to explore and approach. And for 22 years, I worked in a company that allowed me to do that with pretty much no restraint. They allowed me to, this is the next job I would like to have. And I'd write it and I propose it. <laughs> and they said, okay, let's give that a shot. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, you have to do the work, the behind the curtains work of, you know, is this financially responsible for the company? Will there be profit that comes out of it? Is it part of our strategic focus? Like you have to have the business plan considered. And so For 22 years, I learned how to operate in business and run business. And then I learned how to lead a department and lead other people. And then I learned how to write proposals and execute those proposals and run budgets and, 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 and when you're leading people, you get to become a coach. Naturally, leaders are coaches. And then along came this emotional intelligence thing. Mm -hmm. It came along in my late twenties because um, a friend of mine at the time, had experienced me for the first time with my mother, but they had known me for a year. And in watching me with my mom, they went, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, why are you such an asshole to your mom? Literally, (laughs) those are the words that came out of his mouth. And I said, oh my God, I know, (laughs) I know. Like, it's terrible. I don't like who I am when I'm around her. I don't know, like Mm. she pushes every single button. I just like, I can't do anything about it. And I had heard myself say that so many times over But that day, I just, I guess I had enough of my own bullshit. And I went, well, that can't be right, that I can't do anything about it. And I went to a bookstore and I found a book called Mama Drama. And in it, it said, no one makes you feel anything, you choose. And I was like, my mind like literally exploded. And the other one was stop giving away your power. Every time you behave like that you're giving away all of your power. And that was my personal journey in my emotional intelligence development. And then eventually the professional world was ready for it. And I became a certified coach and we put it into our leadership programming. And now it's what I do full time. Wow. 
That's so cool. Like you really um, had a transformation. Was it hard for you to, to realize that you weren't competing with others, but that you were doing this because you felt like you needed to be a better you? Like, did that make you a perfectionist? Did that make you, um, like, I don't want to say insecure. I don't think that's the right word, but like, did you ever feel like you had to like pull yourself down a little bit so people didn't feel insecure around you or anything like that? Oh, there were moments for sure. They were relatively short-lived because to belong, at least in some circles, to belong, people were telling me that I needed to do that. And so to receive belonging and love and inclusion, I did that. And then it felt so uncomfortable that I was mm-hmm. like, this ain't worth it. This, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Like I'm apologizing. Them. I'm sorry, I can't do this. But what, it, what ended up happening, of course, is you end up finding your tribe. You end up finding yeah. your people. Yeah. And that's part of the beautiful part of it in our wisdom as we get to experience life is we, we figure those things out sometimes mm-hmm. at a cost mm-hmm. and sometimes at a benefit so much more beautiful than the cost that it was like, Oh, that was worth the price of admission. That discomfort was worth the price of admission to this of what I get to experience. Now, perhaps the truth is everyone has to pay that price. Everyone. There's no Mm -hmm. exception Mm -hmm. in this life. Right. No one gets away with not paying that. Right. Man, that's so good. You're speaking so much to me right now. I'm like, ah, my head's about to explode. Okay. Calm down, Nina. Calm down. Okay. (laughs) So the other thing you mentioned was, you know, did it, did it create any element of perfectionism? Mm -hmm. And no, it it didn't. I certainly strive. Mm -hmm. Like I strive to be the best I can be. Sometimes what it does is sometimes I will ignore the signals from my body that I need a break. Okay. And so I can be I have been in the past a little punishing to my, my physical capacity because my brain is like, come on, just one more try. But my body's like, please just let's have a nap and a snack. please." (laughs) So I've gotten much better at honoring when my body is speaking Mm -hmm. the, I need a break to take the break. And inevitably after doing that a few times and getting the head under control and going, it's going to be like, it's going to be all right. Just let's take the break. Let's see what happens. Inevitably, Every single time after I took the break, I was stronger coming out of that every single time. And so eventually the brain learns, this is not a bad thing. Let's honor the body and do what the body needs. And let's work together on what we're trying to do (laughs) instead of fighting. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's so great. So um, when you were at this company for the 22 years, right. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like that, you know, helped you a lot to develop even more? Because it sounds to me like, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that say they want you to be that kind of person, right? That kind of mm-hmm. goes for it and whatever, but they do stifle you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's very difficult for a personality like yours, I would think, right? Because you're wanting to grow and there's this glass ceiling that they kind of put on you, but they want to make pretend it's not there. How do you deal with with uh, maybe one of your clients or anything like that, that you can you can see that in them, there's a lot of potential, like they're the go-getter. They're, they they want to go do this. They have like this way of leveling up, but where they are, they kind of are stuck or there's this ceiling that they say, oh, no, no, you're great. We love you here, but we're only going to leave you to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, how do you like um, help somebody through that in their life, that, that scary transition where 
you know, this is what they, their bread and butter or what they're depending on. But at the inside, their insides are like exploding. You know what I'm saying? Because they just want to go for it. Like, yeah. Such a good question. Every single time there's an element of fear that's going to be involved every single time. And it is being able to move to that fear and then through the fear. Mm -hmm. So the fear can be multiple different things. Like moving to it can be created by many different variables. And when you and I create or have an experience of fear, we're creating that based Mm -hmm. on all of our life experiences, based on our beliefs, our values, our assumptions, our biases, and then how our brain predicts based on those, what's going to happen next. And because you and I don't have the same brain, we don't predict the same way either. So our variables are different and our prediction is different. Right, right. But, But usually in there, there is this element of fear that we get stuck in. So I might know that I have all of this potential. And then I say, but the company is keeping me down and I can't do anything about it. So they, they assign a villain role and then they play a victim role. Uh Uh-huh. Good. So in working with people, it's in part, probably just got to give space for people to talk because, you know, we can talk ourselves until we start listening to what we're saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eventually. We got to get there. And, you know, really right. powerful things is picking up pen and paper and going, let's, let's just write down everything that is contributing to how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And when things get on paper, then you can start to look at them like you're a third person looking at it. Right. And asking questions of what part of what I wrote down is like objective, observable truth. I can right. see these things. And what part of what I wrote down is storytelling. So when someone puts their hands on their hips and I say, oh, they're angry, that's a story I've told based on what I observe of their hands being on their hips. And the practice of being able to look at how I storytell is in essence the thread I follow of, oh my God, I assign them villain. I'm a villain over here. Then I'm a victim. Then I'm a martyr. Now now this sounds really hopeless and super helpless, right? And so... When we take a moment to just sort of offer it perspective. Mm -hmm. So in all of my wisdom, looking at all of this, if this wasn't me, if this was someone else, what would I tell them to do? What advice would I give them? If I said, grandpa, pull up a seat beside me, take a look at this person here and what their experience, what would you recommend they do? I know my grandfather would say they got to get over themselves. (laughs) Like they hit you with a bit of perspective and a dose of reality. Right. And in coaching people through things like glass ceilings, whether it is put in place by someone else or put in place or by themselves, themselves mm, it's, the same, it's the same practice. We have to examine the story we're telling, find the objective truth and ask ourselves, so what? Now what? Right. What do I want to do? So if I want to elevate my career to this level and this company doesn't allow for that I can stay and suck it up how does that sound Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably Mm -hmm. not great I can go to another company that does have that movement I can start something on my own because then really the only limit are the ones I would put in place right right then we can start to see potential solutions outside of maybe the box we've put the solutions in in the first place 
Yeah, that's really good. That's really good because it just, um, it. I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, making it the third person, like writing it down and making it like it's a third person. I've always... Um, I've always thought that I've had that gift to be able to do that. Like, even when I'm in the midst of something, I always go, wait, hold on, Neen, let's pull yourself out here for a second, you know, and let's look at this objectively, you know, and I'm glad that I have that kind of a mind because I, I suffered with depression and anxiety in the past. And I realized it's because I had that victim mentality. I never wanted to put myself in the third position because I wanted you to feel bad for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I needed it. Right. And so when you start to, you know, mature and, and pull yourself out of things, you realize like, uh, I got so many options. I better stop this victim mentality stuff. This ain't working for me, you know? Yeah, I'm a bootstrap kind of girl, you know, that's just how I am. Well, and that's such a brilliant, like self-awareness piece of, oh, I do that because I get validation from Mm -hmm. the external world. What kind of validation am I getting? And is that really Mm -hmm. helping me? Right. Can I create validation internally? Mm -hmm. So I don't need to play victim to get validation. How do I create validation internally? And then we're talking about like, self-regard, self-perception. These are skills and emotional intelligence that, yeah. well, then we have and to I wanna, work. Yeah. That's the, that's the crappy part. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the awesome part. Or the awesome part. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but it the truth is a little while and then it gets really great. Yeah, it really does. Right. It really, really does. Like I haven't been depressed in, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years. And so, you know, when people say I'm depressed, I'm like, I actually don't, have that place in me anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. And look, you kind of just already segued into it, but can you tell us about emotional intelligence? Like, what is that definition? What does that mean when you say, you know, emotional intelligence? So there are many people who have embarked on the research and created models for emotional intelligence. Daniel Goleman is often considered like the grandfather and um, uh, Salovey, you know, when we think of Myers-Briggs, and that personality mm-hmm. assessment, um, they've done work in emotional intelligence. Travis Bradbury has done work. Harry um, Reuven Baron has done work. So we have multiple different models of emotional intelligence, and there's overlaps in, in most of them. Kind of like any science or research, you're going to see similarities. And then you're going to have some people say, but we think we're going to call it this instead of that. Right. <laughs> right. So I chose to practice the EQI. I got certified in the EQI 2.0 model of emotional intelligence, mostly because the assessment itself is the most valid and reliable assessment of emotional intelligence. And also because it's taken the foundational research from um, Salivate and it's continued the research from there. So I find it just a little bit more robust. Now, when it comes to like, what is emotional intelligence? You can have pages and pages and pages of describing what it is. So in a nutshell, what it is, is it's learning to understand how we create our emotions to be able to name them really accurate, like have a broad vocabulary and be so accurate at naming what we're feeling, why we're feeling it, how our thinking is impacted by it and how our behaviors are driven by it. Okay. And in the process of being able to do that, we learn how not to let the emotion drive our thinking and behavior and instead to go, Oh, there's that emotion. 
that if I don't regulate it, ends up leading to this thinking and that behavior. And then, oh my God, look at the impact, the ripple impact that that has. And that impact is not helpful to me or other people. So I'm going to learn to disrupt the thinking and the behaving, and I'm going to learn some other emotional intelligence skills. So these are things that once were like, ooh, frustration, felt it, mm-hmm. <laughs> felt it in my body. Reality testing, what's going on that I'm frustrated about? Like objectively, right. what's really going on that I might be frustrated about or that is frustrating? And am I actually frustrated? Or am I disappointed, surprised? And so it is this emotional self-awareness piece. And then it's development of skills that help us to disrupt emotion being a directive and instead using emotions as data to inform what we do next. That's so good. Oh man, I could talk to you all day. Okay. (laughs) I do want to ask you though about the formula. Okay. Okay. The IQ plus EQ equals TQ. Can you explain that to us? I can. So when I was starting my business, I was like, oh, branding. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, okay. Okay. I know that my dream for work is just to work for myself. I, I have no desire to grow a business where people work for me or anything like that. So really my business is Teresa Quinlan. It's just my name. That's it. Right. And then I thought, but something that really speaks to people's like, what is that? I really, I wanted something that would be curious for people that Mm -hmm. really highlighted that EQ was the work, but not the only part of the work. And to make the connection between our emotional intelligence is a function of our intellect. Like it's things we learn to do. So it has to be stored in the intelligence, rational, logical part of our brain functions. And then of course, TQ is my initials. Right. I often talk about it in the workplace that TQ can also stand for our talent quotient. So when we think of the human focused nature of people work in workplaces, and that's how workplaces are successful is because people are there. Yeah. And so if we want to amplify our talent quotient, then we need to help people beef up their EQ so their IQ can work. Mm. Mm. So what's often missing in the equation is the EQ element. From the time we came out of the womb, someone's been working on our IQ. Someone's been showing us black and white animals and a mobile and shapes above us so we can develop our eyes to see things and start to do things like identify colors, shapes, patterns. Someone else was going with their tongue so we could start doing that. So we could start formulate A, B, C or whatever language you speak. Right. We can start speaking and then put together letters for words, for writing, for math. Like from the time we came out of the womb, we've spent decades working on our IQ and often very little time being educated around our EQ. But what we notice is when we are emotionally triggered, we are not very logical thinkers. We're not very rational thinkers. We're impulsive. Stuff flies out of our mouth, off of our body in the most toxic of ways. Yeah, We can also be quite avoidant and passive. We can totally shut down in our emotions because we don't know. So we have these very extreme responses and emotions 
And we, when we learn how to understand that, then we can keep all of this time we've dedicated to our intellect. We can keep that turned on. We can access it very logically and rationally. Right. That's so good. So that's what the formula means. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. And so I wanted to just touch really quick on, you know, how you do that, because you were talking about when you, when you work with like organizations and workplaces, um, you know, what do you offer to organizations and workplaces to help them with that? Because that is missing quite a bit in organizations Mm -hmm. and, and also um, with individuals. I know you have like different programs that you're doing. And so just to give us a little synopsis of what it is that you do with the first, let's do with the organizations. And I'd like to see about the individuals. Sure. Organizations in a discovery call, the first thing we talk about is pain points. What are the pain points that you're experiencing? And quite frequently, the organization will start talking about behaviors. So things they notice in their culture. And they might also be talking about numbers that they measure. So they might start talking about our productivity is down. Okay, how do you know that? Well, it just seems like people are doing less. How do you know that? Right, right. (laughs) It's a feeling. Mm. We can't go by feelings. Like we have to measure what are your employee engagement numbers? Mm -hmm. Are you measuring things like employee satisfaction, engagement? What's your retention like? Um, What is your cost for each employee to achieve a project? Like what are you measuring for productivity? And many companies do measure these things and they see really bad numbers and they're like, we have a problem. But typically they turn their attention to then We need to train people. So they think they have skill problems, technical skill problems, and they have to train them with more like technical skills. And that is rarely the case. So when we start talking about pain, I ask them to start talking about emotionally and culturally, what are the behaviors you notice people are displaying? And a lot of times that throws people for a loop. Like, what do you mean behaviors? So how do people handle disagreements? How do leaders handle being challenged by their employees? How does how do peers build relationships with each other? How does your executive team talk to the custodian staff? Right. And as soon as those few examples come out, then they start recognizing, oh, oh we don't do any of that. Right. Okay, so now we know what right. the problem is. Right. <laughs> so now we know where the problems are existing. That then we start to talk about the hierarchical nature of business and then how that leads to how we think about business and that leads to how we behave in business. Mm -hmm. So all of our biases come flooding to the forefront of, oh, you're the executive, so you have the power. That means I can't challenge you. So I'm just going to keep all of what I think to myself and, you know, I'll sabotage, I'll withhold, I'll withdraw. So you're really not getting everything out of me as an employee, but you're still paying. So that's fine. Nobody's even noticing. Right. Wow. So then when we have that discussion, the light bulbs start going off. And oftentimes because I'm talking with the executive, the the decision makers, they have this moment of, it seems like we need to start with us. And I'm like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You will have been the ones that have led you into where you are. And you will need to be the ones that lead you out way too often. We want to push this kind of training to employees and say, let's get their stuff better because we're fine. Right. That is absolutely (laughs) not true. Let's get your shit together for lack of a better term. Right. 
And then we'll disperse and distribute to everyone else because you are going to have to lead that talking about emotions in the workplace is something that's normal. We have to do it for blameless problem solving. We have to do it for innovation. We have to do it for conflict. I mean, we don't get innovation unless we're willing to disagree with each other, unless we're willing to have conflict, but we have to do that well to get innovation. When we don't do it well, we have tarnished relationships and no work gets done. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it just continues. Yeah, that's right. The cycle just so in companies who I do executive coaching and development and work with executive teams. So they are all on board and cultivating their language. And then we work with leadership excellence. And then we do employee that's wonderful because it's the triangle of mm-hmm. executive leadership employee and everybody has to own everyone has to show up yeah. as an emotionally intelligent individual for it to work. Wow, that's that's really there's a lot there, right? There's a lot to uncover there. And now with all of this like diversity training and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure there's a lot of layers of what you have to do with the companies, right? Because I mean, it's gotten more complicated, more emotional, right? With the shutdown and everything, people are like really on edge. So there's a lot of work for you out there, Teresa. (laughs) There's a lot of work. There is. And such a great thing to bring up is like DEI initiatives, any initiatives that we're deploying, whether it's a wellness initiative, wellness initiative, a DEI initiative, change management, we're bringing in new technology. Every single time that comes, we should be pushing some emotional intelligence development mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I agree. It's, it's, our, it's our emotional management that we need in order to navigate into those conversations and through those conversations. Because right. most people are way too uncomfortable emotionally right. to even go to them Right. Never mind through them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or ignore them completely. Like, let's just, yeah. Let's well, that's, ignore I won't go to it. Yeah. yeah. I, it's yeah. either kicking and streaming or I'm completely oblivious. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So true. So true. So that's the organizational part. Yeah. How do you deal with an individual basically around the same concept or how, how does that work with the individual? Every individual is a unique blend of awesomeness and whatever their goals are is part of that process. My key criteria when working with an individual is state of readiness, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. willingness. So when I, when someone reaches out and says, I think I need to work with you, what often is happening is they've been following me for a little bit in social, in social media. And so they're watching some of my videos and um, getting to know me in that way. And when they reach out, it, it's like a vomit of all the stuff that's going on in their life. When I receive it, it's such an honor to receive because I've never talked to them. They've, sorry, they've never talked to me. Right. I have been talking to them sometimes for months because they're watching right. my videos. Every time I produce a video, I produce it like I'm talking to the person who's listening. That's awesome. Not to 500 people who might watch it or to each person who's listening. That's, that's how I approach content production because I know when people are listening, something is going to strike a chord with them. Right. And when that reach out comes in, our first discovery meeting for me is all about, are you willing to do the work? Are you ready to do the work? Because this is an inside job. Right. And you have to be so ready and willing to talk about the stuff that is the most difficult stuff for us to talk about, the most difficult stuff for us to admit. Like, I make these ridiculously awful assumptions about people's character. Yeah. 
And being able to say that to someone go, all right, no judgment here, because it turns out as a human being, I've done the same thing and I do it now. So how can there be judge? There isn't judgment in this space. Right. There can't be judgment in this space. Right. Um, so for each person, it's a unique experience of what they need to work on, where they need to start and how we do it. So really it's, it's a customized experience based on the individual. So um, I know we're getting short on time, but I do want to know how you, how you have self-care for yourself, Teresa, because, you know, it's one thing to give, right. And to do the work that you're doing, you have to give, you have to be on for them because they're coming to you with a lot of sometimes emotional baggage, right. Trying to get through what they're going through. So what do you do to, you know, like get yourself, you know, ready and yourself, you know, calm or you're, you know, like D, you know, I don't know the word I'm trying to use here, but, you know, kind of like deflate for the end of the day, kind of calm down for the end of the day, because that's a lot to take on. Right. And if you're a person that really um, uh, it, it cares for that person's emotional well-being a lot, sometimes you can find yourself being sucked into that. So you have to find a way to like kind of separate. Right. So what do you do for yourself? What's your self-care routine? So I mentioned earlier that one of my signature strengths is maximizer. Another one is empath. So I am a feeler. Like when yeah. people cry, when people are feeling things, when people are angry, I'm like right there with them. <laughs> when people are having breakthroughs, I'm getting teary eyed. And it's sometimes a good thing that we're on virtual. <laughs> yeah. Like we're in a video screen. Cause I could just take a little step backwards or to the side. They can't because it's not about me in that moment. But here's the other thing the critical piece to deciding that this was the work that I wanted to do was asking myself the question, what is the work that I can do mm -hmm. day in and day out? Because it's the work I meant to be doing. That's so good. And taking the time to be very clear on what that actually is. And it actually wasn't the what, like the emotional intelligence leadership excellence is the what, it's the why work. Like, why do I want to actually do this? Because it connects with every part of who I am as a being. So doing it every day is not exhausting. I've had mm, two executive teams from different companies. So a total of 24 people at one time with weekly sessions. So we're in 24 wow. hours of executive coaching for eight weeks straight. And my husband was like, how are you doing? I'm like, I am so charged up like every single day. I'm really pumped. This is deep work, interesting work, exciting work. People have breakthroughs every day. Right. The, the trick, and it's not really even a trick, is I don't own their stuff. It's not for me to own. Right. I'm also not responsible for their breakthrough. Like they really are. I'm responsible to create the space for them to have it. That's so good. So I also believe Nina in I am the center of my universe. And if I don't work, nothing else works. <laughs> so I prioritize myself in the morning because I like the morning works for me. It has worked for me my entire life is I'm going to start with me. And then once, once I've done me, then I could do everybody else for me. So if good. I don't do that, I don't do everybody else. Well, Right. Um, so I get up in the morning before everyone else does on purpose because I like quiet morning. 
it's like I'm my own human being. I'm not responsible for anyone or anything else. Right. And even when the dog gets up, he, he get usually gets up about 30 minutes after me. But when he gets up, when I do, I'm like, could you please just go back to bed? Right. Because <laughs> he's going to ask my attention and my love. And I'm like, it's not your time yet. Right. Uh, and I make myself breakfast, right? I have coffee. I eat. Uh, I fuel immediately because I like to work out in the morning as well. So I got to get the food in. Sometimes I read in the morning. Sometimes I watch one of my favorite TV programs. Sometimes I journal, whatever, whatever I'm feeling. Yeah. Then I get a workout in. So I like to move my body. Um, sometimes I'm listening to a podcast when I'm moving my body. Sometimes it's just music that I love. Like I am just feeding my soul for the first so good. two hours of every day, sometimes three. My son gets up, my husband gets up, there's love, there's hug, that's hi, how are you? Like, so I'm fueling myself with the people that I love the most in my life. And then I'm like, okay, right. I gotta go to work, right. <laughs> which is more people that I love and more stuff that I love doing. So, you know. It's so good, right? When you can like really truly walk in what it is that you're meant to be doing. I think that's the key right there. You said it, you know, um, I'm finding that myself as I'm starting to coach people and guide people through and, and seeing the breakthroughs. Mm. It is so good. It feels so good. It, it's nothing like it. And my husband says the same thing. Like, aren't you tired? I'm like, no, I'm not tired. Oh my gosh, this will happen. You know, it's just such a great yeah. feeling. It's yeah. something that just, you know, um, yeah, it's just like, an, it, it feels natural. It feels like your natural day. It's a natural thing you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we got to meet. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed your content. I went onto your website and was reading through things. It's really powerful stuff you're doing. Um, you. So I'm hoping... In a couple of weeks, I'm going to air this episode. And I hope a lot of organizations are listening to what you're saying, because I really do feel like this is going to be a hard transition for a lot of organizations. And I think it's going to be harder than they think it is, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I know organizations that have been closed the whole year and are ready to open soon. And they're thinking, oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to open. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, people are in a different state of mind. It's been a year, not a month, a year you know, so, um, so I think they're going to need you. So we're going to have to put you all out there in the airways. <laughs> so let us know how, how we can follow you, how we can, you know, find you on social media, all of that, because I, I think you also have a podcast, right? I was listening to an episode of one of your podcast episodes. So I'd love you to tell us about that, you know, um, your podcast, um, your website and, and how we can connect. Beautiful. Thank you. Nina. That's very generous. So my website is iqeqtq.com. And on there, you'll be able to connect with me via LinkedIn, which is just mm -hmm. Teresa Quinlan, like look for me and then look for the one that's got all the emotional intelligence stuff. And you're like, oh, this is the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you can also from there, um, connect to my YouTube page, which is where all of my videos that I've built over the last two and a half years are housed, which is basically your education and emotional intelligence. Just start watching That's those. So great. <laughs> Pick yeah. up the exercises and the tips and the practices, and you'll be well on your way to developing your emotional intelligence skills. And then, of course, when people know that this is what they want to do, I encourage like reach out to have a conversation. Send yeah. me an email, Teresa at iqeqtq.com. And we'll have the conversation about where you're struggling and where you're trying to go. 
Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, I want to encourage everyone as well to, um, even if you're not an executive, if you are an employee and you see that there is something that you think the executive team should know more about, I really encourage you to reach out as well. Because like Teresa just said, we can just start with a conversation Mm -hmm. and you might be able to help um, not just yourself in that company, but maybe your fellow coworkers and your executive team, because they might not even know how to handle all this, right? So this would be really good. So Teresa, you're awesome. And thank you for being here. And guys, thank you so much for uh, listening and watching Straight Talk No Sugar Added. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Hit that little bell notification so you don't miss a video. Until next time. Make sure that you visit our website at Straight Talk No Sugar Added, where you can subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher or anywhere you listen to your podcast or on YouTube, so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about our show, that would be awesome too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our book as well. It's Hit Me With Your Best Shot, How I Overcame a Hard-Hitting Life. I am Nina Perez, and I am here for you. If you are looking for private coaching, make sure that you email me at hello at straighttalknosugaraddit.com. Until next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.